Hello everybody, hello, hello, and welcome, 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 hello, I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dansfish.com, and I'd like to welcome you to another live stream. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, that's 9 Eastern, for those that don't know where the mountains are, so thanks for being out here with us today, I appreciate y'all. Um, could you guys let me know if the video's okay and the audio's okay before we get too much further? Um, I think we're good. But one of my little displays, let me show you it. Like the main display looks good, but this one looks like I'm just a little bobblehead mostly cut off. So I'm hoping that you're not seeing that one. I'm hoping you're seeing the main display like like this window down in the corner is what I hope you're seeing. So would you let me know? <laughs> I think that was just a little cut off one. Good audio, audio and video are good. Okay, cool. Thanks guys. I've just never seen that. So the back end display, I've never seen it like there. Oh, wait. Anyway, I've never seen it quite cut me off like that before. So I was worried that might be what you guys are seeing. All right, let's do this. So for those that might be new or just catching a replay for the first time or whatever, we do a couple things to start every stream and then we open it up to questions and comments. And how we start the stream is at dancefish.com, we ship fish. That's my business. That's what I do for a living. We're an online uh, aquarium store, fish store. So I like to every week report to everybody live in public how it went. Let you know if there were any problems, kind of keep you in the loop as to how we're doing. I do that because I, I work really hard to make sure that fish are prepared and shipped correctly and i want to make sure that by putting this all out in public that i continue to do that so there's like social pressure from coming from you guys all the time to not take shortcuts and to make sure i do things right so i'm happy to report that um as far as i know from the customer reports there haven't been any losses um everyone arrived alive and in good shape this week as well so we're on a roll we're doing really well the fish seem to be doing great, even with the cold weather. We're just shipping with uh, pretty thick styrofoam insulation in the boxes, as well as uh, additional heat packs. And despite the cold weather, I think it's going well. If anyone does receive fish from me, and if you think about it, and if you have a moment, I, I realize it's kind of the fish come. It's like, let's take care of them right away. So not everyone can do this. But if you do have a way to check the temperature in the bags and uh, email me and let me know how they arrived and what the temperature was, that is really useful as seasons are always progressing, right? The weather's changing constantly. So it helps me know if, ooh, things are really cold now, I need to put in even a bigger heat pack or more heat packs or, oh, you know what? Everything arrived a little warm this week. Maybe we're getting late enough in the year. It's time to taper off a bit, things like that. So I can just keep calibrating how to best uh, keep the fish toasty, but not too toasty during the winter weather. So thanks to everyone who does that. Um, anyone who can do that in... And if it crosses your mind when you unbox some fish that you've received from me, it's it's very useful information. So thanks. Um, so, yeah, all good. The other thing that's going on is that we have a giveaway tonight. It is provided by Brian from Peplin Creek Aquatics. So, uh, Brian, thank you for providing the giveaway for tonight. It is a $50 gift certificate to dancefish.com. So a lucky winner will get 50 bucks, basically. So that's that's like pretty much enough to get an Amazon puffer or something really cool. Um, 
So I would like to thank Brian. Oh, I had this up earlier. And uh, let me bring him up real quick by sharing his YouTube channel with you folks. Um, and I'm going to mute it real quick because this intro video will start automatically. There we go. So this is Brian's um, YouTube channel, Peplin Creek Aquatics. So take a gander, take a look. Um, is a way to just, you know, thank him for for providing 50 bucks for everybody tonight. That's pretty cool. So with that, if you'd like to win the $50 gift certificate, then enter hashtag go Brian go in the comments and you'll automatically be entered to win. Now, the capitalization doesn't matter in these hashtags um, and you don't have to enter more than once. So just once is plenty. G-O-B-R-I-A-N-G-O -O with a hashtag in front of that and or a pound symbol, depending on your generation. And uh, you'll be entered to win that. So that's what we have going on here. For those that are waiting, I'm, I'm still waiting as well for the gold denison barbs and things to come in. Uh, they have not arrived yet. I'm hoping they'll arrive tomorrow. Um, we'll see. Just waiting on the next uh, shipment of fish to come in. So I'll let you know next week what came in and how we're doing. But I am still waiting on an uh, order, basically, uh, a box of fish to come in. I'm waiting on Nigeria still. The order is pretty much finalized, just waiting on a flight. And uh, that's kind of where we're at. So I've also reached out to some other vendors as well because I don't want to wait forever just in case Nigeria can't ship soon. But uh, that's where the import cycle is at. So I think that covers most of what's been going on on my end as far as imports and and all the fishy stuff. Something else that's pretty cool is because my brother is visiting, Jonathan is visiting from Texas. Um, he on his off time has been taking this camera and taking a bunch of pictures. So if you go to dancefish.com, you'll see a whole bunch more pictures of fish. You'll see kind of revamped inventory and things. Everything's kind of been, um, gone over with a fine tooth comb. So inventory quantities have been adjusted. Some new fish have been listed. We finally listed the Amazon puffers and we've had those guys for over two months. Um, Amazon puffers come in really skinny and full of parasites and often in pretty bad shape. So it really does take a lot of time to feed them, clear them, them of parasites and get some weight back on them. So they're ready to sell. So um, the price is going to reflect that couple months of medication and heavy food and care. Um, but I think you'll be happy with what you get, especially if you're used to seeing fresh imports. So all, everyone that's been waiting for Amazon puffers and I get asked for them at least a few times a week, um, they are now available. So they're at dancefish.com. Um, there's a few fish that we still don't have pictures of. Um, and those will kind of cycle in throughout the next few days, hopefully. That's our goal. But we have a lot of other stuff going on too. So, but that's that's one of our main focuses. So we're working on it. And I'd like to thank Jonathan for all his efforts in that direction because there's no way all by myself that I would have found the time to do that. We're just too busy. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what we have going on. 
we're already at 198 viewers. That's pretty cool. Almost 200. So thanks for being here, folks. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all that jazz that us YouTubers are always begging you to do, it would be most appreciated. Peplin Creek Aquatics, as if the $50 gift certificate was not enough, throwing down a super chat for $1.99. Brian, thank you so much. Um, Thanks for supporting us. I appreciate it. Then throwing down a $10 super chat. <laughs> Pebble and Creek Aquatics not to be ignored tonight. <laughs> super chats are always appreciated, never required, but as you know, they do make my wife, Brenda, super happy. And Chattanooga Ed throwing down $5 and he's not, I don't even have to get a bruised face for that. Thank you so much, Ed. Usually when Ed throws down five bucks, there's a little sticker of a, a fox cat boxing me in the face. But today, I didn't even have to get punched in the face. What a day. <laughs> All right. So I think that's probably most of the things that would be interesting to report. Um, I am hoping to do another Electric Blue Akara video because they spawned and I've got a big batch of them growing up there. So I thought it'd be cool to just see like, here's what they look like a few days old. Here's what they look like a few weeks old. And then I have a batch of uh, young adults. Here's what they look like, you know, a few months old. So that might be a little video that we can yeah, crank out pretty quick. Um We've been working on the warehouse, basically still engineering, meeting with contractors, getting all the permit stuff done. Um, man, it's compl complicated. I've never, I've built stuff, but I've never like built stuff in town before where, where I, I was like, it's just a, it's just a warehouse. Come on. <laughs> but it's taken some time. We're still on schedule though to break ground in April, provided that the ground has thawed. So should have a nice big fish warehouse coming up in the next few months. I can't wait. So that's it for me. Let's get to you guys. If you have a question or a comment, please uh, type the at symbol and then Dan's fish. You'll see something populate and you can select Dan's fish from that list. And that's how I know the question or comment is for me. And um, with that, let's get to it. So I'm going to scroll up here and see what I can see. Probably not much because chat yeah all the hashtags cut off um all of the <laughs> all the previous questions and comments that i saw had come through um oh i did want to tell my mods um um Kayla's aquatics you had reached out to me with in, in issue it, guys listening don't don't think that there's like any big drama going on or anything not that but just a, an idea of how we could help make the chat run smoother i should say not like an issue and um i'm still thinking on it i i honestly haven't sat down and really figured through it i'm just letting it marinate so i gotta find some time to actually think through it but i want you to know uh bob that i haven't forgot that okay so the first one i can see Besides Peplum Creek throwing down, oh, that's, see, 
I didn't realize there was a sticker attached to that. It didn't show me that before. He's saying, good luck to everybody. Bathy Phila, good to see you, Bathy Phila. Been a minute. Long time no see. Heard about the possible Nigeria import. Would love to get my hands on some more wild killies, especially especially the Aphiosimians. Going to be getting any? Yeah, um, I hope to get a few species of Aphiosimians. Um, Calliurum, um, Australi, and I think there's some Fundalopanchax as well. Really hoping for a, what is it, Delta Ns? Delta Enzi? I, I don't know. It's a big, big Fundalopanchax species. Um, some Epiplates, some Lampeyes. So there should be several nice killifish in the order. And uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm still, basically, we're just waiting on a flight to free up. It's, there's so much demand for cargo space right now, especially in countries that have just barely kind of opened back up for transferring things like this. There's a big backlog. And so you get in these bidding wars and sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. So that's where we're at, just waiting for the flight. It's me! Website looks awesome. Thanks. That's all Jonathan. He's been working super hard. Skippers Aquariums, if you have a question, make sure you type at Dan's Fish so it highlights for him. Exactly. Then I see big orange boxes and I know they're for me. SC Catahoulas. Do you have any advice on keeping licorice grommies? Thanks for all the great live streams. Sure. Um, mostly, I would say it's going to take a little while for them to adjust to captive foods and, and life in an aquarium. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is feeding them, and then I'll talk about kind of water parameters. So what I found with a lot of them is they're going to want small live foods at the beginning. Um, they're a small, kind of more delicate fish. And so you don't want to put them through the stress of being freshly imported and like trying to figure out how to eat this strange flake food or pellets or whatever. So I would have some baby brine shrimp ready. If you can get a Daphnia culture going, that would be great. Microworms are great for them. Um, all those kinds of small live foods. And not just one, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, if you can give them a variety, that would be very helpful. The last thing you want to do is feed them flake and they not eat it. And then it rots in the tank and you get ammonia. They don't like ammonia at all. So buy food at first, just to get them recovered in fat and back to like some semblance of normality. And then you can start kind of transitioning them. Um, the other thing I would say is I would never put them in a tank that wasn't really mature, really well seasoned. They do not like ammonia. They do not like nitrite. In their native habitats, the, the water is so acidic that they, they never have to contend with that stuff. Because in acidic conditions, ammonia just kind of doesn't exist. It's, it becomes ammonium, which is a different ballgame. So the, the issue you're going to have in an aquarium, a normal aquarium that doesn't have really acidic conditions, which, by the way, is totally fine for them, is that ammonia can be present, especially if it's a new tank or it just finished the cycle or, you know, something like that. So nice mature tank for these guys. They're not the quickest to the food. 
they can be outcompeted by other species. So if you do keep other fish with them, I would be sure they're not only small and peaceful, but also not food hogs. Not just going to absolutely mob the food and outcompete the, the little licorice gouramis. Um, and the last thing is you need to keep the water really clean. They're not going to be used to most of the path pathogens that we have in aquariums. So they're going to need a settling in period where the water is really clean. The pathogen load is very small. And in some cases you might need, I would definitely have canamycin and nitrofurazone ready in case you needed to set up a hospital tank and treat something. Um, I would also definitely have some ick medicines and some parasite medicines ready. But if I was a hobbyist and didn't have like a big quarantine system or anything, I would probably use some kind of ick medicine like ick or quick cure or something. Um, and just keep the water super clean. And they're going to need hiding places. In a hospital tank, don't make it a bear tank. Uh, have places in there, them, in there for them to hide and things like that because they're going to be very skittish and uncomfortable otherwise. So that's my thoughts on them. And once you get them through the like barrier of adjusting to aquarium life, then they're pretty easy to keep and they become so beautiful. They're worth it. They're worth the effort. So... I hope you do well with them, if you get some. T-Shot is throwing five bucks at me. Thanks, T-Shot. Appreciate it when money falls from the sky. Thank you so much. Mac PNW, I checked your inv inventory periodically, window shopping. Was very excited to see new photos and fish. <laughs> You're welcome. I know it's a long time coming. And uh, yeah, I know it's something we've needed to do for a long time. But there's only so many hours in the day. So I'm, I'm glad it's appreciated because <laughs> Jonathan kind of came here from Texas to help with that. That's one of the main reasons he came. So he's a good brother. Jeremy Murray. Hi, we got the Congos today and everyone is happy and healthy. Heat was good in the box. Awesome, Jeremy. I'm glad you like them. Um, I tried to get you an even sex ratio on those Congo Tetras. The, the males were obvious. I'm not sure if the females... Um, if you notice, I put a question mark on the bag by the female sign are actually females. They kind of look like it or if they're going to color up into males because at that size, they're kind of right on the cusp of maturing out. So I tried my best. I hope you got what you wanted. The lone Aquarius, you need to get your kids working in the fish room. Oh, they do. Yeah, they, they clean filters. They scrub lids. They wipe down algae. Yep, they do. They, they help uh, the bags that are, you know, you, the little corners on the inside bags are kind of crimped off so that sealed off so that fish heads don't get trapped in corners during shipment. They do a lot of that. So they, they are very helpful. Yeah. But they're also in school and have sports and activities and, you know, <laughs> they can't <laughs> they can't carry too much of a load right now. Max. Hi, Dan. Hey, for treating internal diseases, I know adding meds to food is most effective, but can fish also absorb antibiotics through the water column as well and be treated that way to any effect? Um, man, fish disease is such a big, big topic. The first thing is that um, 
lots of things can create internal diseases. It could be bacterial, it could be fungal, could be a parasite, it could be a virus, it could be in a genetic thing, like an organ just didn't develop quite right. When fish, uh, when their endocrine system kicks in, you'll often see fish that were normally just doing great. Not It's not like all the time, but it is a point in their development where stuff can just start going wrong for apparently, you know, no reason. It's just as they sexually mature, things aren't progressing properly. So there's all kinds of things that, that could be happening. But to answer the main part of your question, there are some medications, some antibiotics that are absorbed in the water column um, and absorbed right into the fish through the gills, probably mostly, maybe the skin a little bit. And the main one I'm aware of is canamycin. That's one reason it's one of my go-tos. Um, canamycin used simultaneously with nitrofurazone is a great combination. Um, the, the issue with bacteria, though, is that, well, first you got to hopefully have an idea of what you're treating because if they have a parasite and then you put them in the system as well through the stress of antibiotics, um, then the parasites will just get worse because now you stress the fish out and not targeted the right thing. Right. So it's tricky. But um, if you're like, yes, I need to treat a, a bacterial infection, then just know that Canamycin and nitrofurazone treat gram-negative bacteria. They won't be effective against gram-positive bacteria, and they won't be effective against all gram-negative bacteria. So there are other ones you can use as well. But in, from, what, from my go-tos, canamycin is the main one that is absorbed uh, into the fish from the water column. Yeah. It's just the, the issue with medicated foods is it's – it's really hard to get the right dosage. Like, how do you, pro unless you're like, maybe it's a big fish and you can like get the medicine down its throat and in, in with a, a little syringe on a rubber, long rubber tube and just, you know, kind of squirt it right into its stomach. That's one thing. But with little fish, you're just feeding some flakes and being like, A, I hope the right quantity of medicines on those flakes and B, I hope the fish eats it before it dissolves off the flakes and into the aquarium water column and see, um, I hope the fish eats enough that it's the exact right dose. Right. So um, I actually find I've tried some medicated foods and things and I find, I find them pretty tricky, honestly, but whatever you're treating, good luck to you. Um, if you need more help, please feel free to email me, dan at dancefish.com. And I want to qualify any advice I give that I'm not a veterinarian. Um, I'm not qualified to like diagnose or treat or anything, but I can tell you, well, in that situation, here's what I would do. But I, I'm just Joe Schmo hobbyist. You know, I, I do my best. I would recommend, I haven't shown this for a while. Let me show folks something. Uh, let me find my bookmarks. I would recommend there are some books on fish diseases that could be very helpful. Um, there's the Aquarium Veterinary Conference that you can attend even if you're not a veterinarian. You can um, get on and, and it's done online so you can attend virtually and learn a lot. There's lots of different things. But one of the best places I have found to learn about fish medicines, at least as an introduction, is this website. In fact, I will just link it down below here. It's an old website, right? It's not, it's not very, uh, 
flashy. <laughs> it's probably made in the 90s, but um, you can do things like this. Kenamycin. Let's read about kenamycin. Here's kenamycin. Kenamycin sulfate is actually what it is, and it, it tells you about it. You can learn about it. You can read about the basics of it, what it treats, how to use it. Um, you can learn about its limitations. You can learn about what it doesn't treat. You can know this. This is important. Do not mix with ampicillin, <laughs> right? There are some medications where um, if you use them with another medication, you could be doing more harm than good. Um, so that website, the link should be there, is just a place to kind of get your feet wet. It's a jumping off point. If you can understand the the basics in that website or begin to, then you start learning the terminology and the concepts and things start being less foreign so that when you're a reading actual fish books or like scholarly journals, I guess, academic articles about fish disease and medicine and treatment, they make more sense. And also you get to the point where you can kind of call BS on a lot of stuff that you read, um, be like, Ooh, no, I don't think that's true. There, there's so much lore and misinformation out there. It helps you sort through the misinformation and, and be better at taking care of your fish. Alex Aquatic Animals, my tank is overstocked. 10 pygmy quarries, 10 neocaridina shrimp, 30 to more guppy fry, and a bunch of snails in a 20-gallon tank. How much should I clean a week? So, um, Alex, the bio load in the tank largely is not determined by the number of fish you have in the tank. It's determined by the amount of food you put in the tank. So it really depends. How much do you feed? What types of food do you feed? Are you feeding food where the fish can actually metabolize a good long, a good big portion of it? Are you feeding foods with lots of fillers? So a lot of it's just not absorbed and just gets pooped out as waste. So there's many, many different um, scenarios, but I actually look at that list in a 20 gallon tank and I think, well, if that tank is well established and mature, maybe has some plants in it and, uh, and, and you're doing regular maintenance on it, whatever that means, depending on how much food you're feeding really, um, then that number of fish doesn't scare me in a tank like that. Now, as those guppy fry get bigger, then you might need to thin down the guppy population a bit, but Neocaridina shrimp, that's hard, that hardly counts as the bio load. They're just going to be grazing a bit all day, eating stuff that's kind of decaying anyway. So in biofilm, stuff like that. So that's not an issue. 10 pygmy quarries, not much bio load. Um, 30 guppy fry, yeah, when you get a whole bunch of guppies in a tank, but in a well-planted maintained tank, even 30 guppies is not too bad. So it really depends on how much you feed, though is the issue, not how many fish are in there. Bunny Viper, hi, I love the advice you just gave. You're a really wonderful teacher. Oh, Bunny Viper, you're gonna make me blush. Thank you. Um, any advice for dime-sized angelfish? I've just purchased several blue Pinoy pariabas that I adore. I've never had angels. Well, congratulations, welcome to angels. And blue Pinoy's and the pariabas a neat pattern as well. That's, that's a cool one to start with. Those are awesome. Um, I think the best advice I would give for angelfish that size is you want to avoid stunting them. So you want to give them a lot of food. 
and somehow figure out how to give them a lot of food so they grow well, but also how you maintain the tank enough that it doesn't get polluted since you are feeding a lot of food because they're babies and growing, right? So I would say feeding two, three times a day is not too much if you can do that. Um, and if you can keep the water clean as well. If you're, you know, I don't, I don't know how demanding your job is or if you travel for work or, or any of those things, but that's the issue. How do you keep them well-fed, but also keep the water clean? And then the other thing I would say is, I don't know what size they're tanking or anything or what kind of filtration you have in it or whatever, but they're going to double in size pretty quick and then triple in size pretty quick. And before you know it, they might have outgrown whatever tank they're in. So just make sure as they grow that you're keeping that in mind. Um, I have had situations in the past where I wasn't paying attention to that and the fish grew big enough that suddenly they started having problems. And it's just because I should have moved them to a bigger tank. They just outgrown that tank. And, you know, I just wasn't thinking of that. So that's something to keep in mind. So those are my thoughts. And by the way, when I say feed them well and things, I'm not talking about power feeding. Power feeding can result in all kinds of, you know, fatty liver disease and all kinds of problems. I'm just saying an organism at that size that is um, growing really fast is going to need a lot of energy and need it frequently. I'm not suggesting you just stuff them as full as you can of high pro protein food and, you know, try to get them as big as possible or anything like that. Kelly Foreman throwing down $4.99. Thank you, Kelly. Um, I can't see if you, oh wait, maybe I can. I don't see a comment or anything there. So if you did leave one, oh wait, you did. Here it is. I see it over here. Okay. What's up? See, see this? I was looking here. I saw Kelly Foreman, $4.99. And it wasn't until I got here that I could actually see what you wrote, Kelly. So if I miss anyone's writing is just because sometimes it doesn't show me <laughs> it's not on purpose kelly foreman says thanks for answering my question today can't wait to get those gobies and please send siamese algae eaters that are hungry <laughs> they're always hungry yeah hey you're welcome uh thanks for being a great customer and a good member of the community i appreciate you kelly Candy Overholes posting my email. Thanks, Candy. And thanks to all my mods. I appreciate you being here. Appreciate what you what you do every week, just keeping the stream uh, you know, under control and making things run smoothly. Thanks to each of you. Kevin Leong, any other books you suggest? Um you know, Kevin, I, I honestly have not put any thought into it. So I was on a Rico Stan's live stream. Rico was nice enough to have me on it as a guest yesterday on his show. And one of the questions was about uh, books. And so I, I mentioned some fish books that I thought were, were good and some that I didn't, <laughs> that I thought weren't as good. <laughs> and um, I think Kevin's following up on that conversation. I honestly haven't thought about it. Um, one thing that I would say is that one of the most, and I didn't say this in Rico's because we were talking about books and it didn't pop into my mind, but the American Killifish Association has been hugely important in my ability to understand fish and gain knowledge of them and be excited about them. They publish a bi-monthly journal um, and it's amazing. It's full of anything from like how to culture I don't know, micro worms to how to spawn 
different kinds of killies based on their different spawning methods, if they're annual or semi-annual or non-annual, um, to descriptions of new species that are published there um, when a, a new species is finally described. So it runs the gamut. People go on collecting trips to Africa and South America and, and North America too and document that and show that. And you can see pictures of the habitat and descriptions of water parameters and natural conditions, all that stuff. So I guess it's not necessarily a book, but I would say that the Journal of the American Killifish Association, um, I've been reading that for almost 30 years. Actually, I've read more than that because all the back issues from before, <laughs> I've read a lot of those too. And those have been really helpful. Ooh, I need to wet my whistle. Cheers, y'all. There are 245 of us. All right. The gang is strong. Thanks for being here, everybody. I appreciate you. Freshwater Canucks saying hello to Candy and to me. Well, hello right back. Hope all is well. Any preferences on what you feed microworm micro worm cultures? Thanks. Yes, I have a video on it. Um, I do something really weird that works really well. I use Rice Krispies. They don't smell as much. Once they finally, you, you know, you have dry Rice Krispies, you mix the water in. And once everything kind of settles down a couple days after you put in the yeast and the worms, the, the consistency can be nice. Like not sloppy and wet and gross and not so hard it doesn't work, but kind of like a firm, I don't kind of like jello, I guess, uh, a, a somewhat soft jello. So I have great results with Rice Krispies, but I have a whole video on it and uh, several videos on culturing all kinds of live food. So I would recommend you check that video out. And then if you have questions after that, um, we can talk details. Patty, they also have a YouTube channel. I'm so far behind Patty that I'm not sure what we were talking about at that time. Were we talking about the um, the website that I like about about medicines? Um, or were we talking about the American Killifish Association, which I don't think does have a YouTube channel? I think we were talking about the the medication website. <clears throat> Candy overalls shown T-shot. Oh, there it is. Thanks, Candy. Now, that's so weird, T-shot. I didn't see the uh, text before, but thank you for the super chat. Hey, Dan, can't wait for my Sultan Pleco to arrive tomorrow. Any additional advice on keeping them? Believe it or not, it's my first Pleco. Well, it's a pretty good choice. I I mean, they were very hardy. I don't think I lost any or had any problems. They... No, I mean, they're easy, honestly, in my experience so far. Now, my experience with them is not vast. This is my first time keeping that species as well. So, um, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm just lucky. But no, I think I covered it in the last stream. I honestly, I, I think they're so far pretty easy. Just, um, you know, the main thing with plecos that I worry about sometimes is just making sure they get food. So feed them some kind of sinking foods mix it up so they're not eating the same thing all the time and um, make sure it's something that sinks and maybe feed right after dark or something like that so they have a chance. So I do check them every now and then I'll get them in the net and I'll just, you know, look at their belly and make sure the belly's not sunken in or anything because 
you know, they're, they're plecos. You, you don't always see them feeding. So you kind of have to verify that they're feeding. But I, it's not something I do like every day, but maybe every couple of weeks until I'm confident that they're eating, I'll do that. So, but not much more than that T-shot, except for to say that I'm thrilled you're getting your first pleco and I'm very excited for you. And uh, I hope you're blown away. I think they're amazing. Candy, thanks for bringing that to my attention. I did not realize that I had not, that the um, T-Shot's question had not shown up on that. Real Stinks, hello. Right back at you. I hope you're doing well. Alex Aquatic Animals, I feed them two times a day. Sure, sure. So it's not the frequency, Alex, it's the amount. So, you know, is it two times a day, two flakes or two times a day, like half a cup. Right. So I can't, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is without being there and like observing and being right with you, I can't, I literally cannot tell you how often you should change your water. Um, but you can, you can test. And if you want to do it once a week, say, I don't know, 30%, 50%, something like that. And you want to verify that's okay. Then Right before the next water change happens, take an ammonia test, see if you have ammonia. Take a a nitrite test, see if you have any nitrite. Uh, Test any other parameters you're worried about. And if you see elevated levels, or if nitrates are just super high every week, then you know that it's probably time to up the water change a little bit. So each system's so different, there is no hard and fast rule. That's the honest truth. Now, Generally, I would say 30 to 50% once to twice a week can handle a really heavily stocked tank. But that's general, you know, without testing it and getting a feel for the tank firsthand, I I could not tell you for sure. Alex, Aquatic Animals adds, I have a lot of hornworts, duckweed, and some Anubias, Java Fern, and an Amazon sword. Will the duckweed, the hornworts, and the Amazon sword will help quite a bit to manage nitrogenous waste. So you have that going for you. But yeah, the test is the only way to know. Orange cones. So how many common plecos can I keep in a 10 gallon? <laughs> oh, geez. And moving on. We can always count on orange cones. Oh, by the way, orange cones, I got your... Um, text the the picture of your aquarium that the babies are appearing in so orange cones has some baby uh baby tetras appearing which is super cool to see what you're on your second generation now i think something like that um maybe it's the first i can't remember but i just thought your tank looked awesome i i remember looking at the picture and then i got sidetracked and so i forgot to reply but really cool tank i i think they're probably so happy in that tank it looked great and it was cool that you cleared one side and the other side was kind of still full of plants. Like that's, that's perfect. I thought it was awesome. Victoria artists throwing down 10 bucks. Let's see if I can see it. Ah, cool. I can, if I click on it up there while it's still hanging out a little something for our favorite fishmonger. Thank you so much. I appreciate the super chat. The luminatus I got from you are getting big and beautiful. The difference between juveniles and happy adult fish never ceases to amaze me. Thanks, Dan. Hey, you're welcome. I'm so glad they're doing well for you. And that reminds me of something, by the way. Um, thank you for mentioning luminatus. So this is not luminatus, but I have some Ivan Safi, right? Um, and 
I caught some for someone when uh, Sunday to mail out Monday of this week. And while I was doing that, they've grown a lot larger now. And while I was doing that, I noticed a couple of Gertrude in the batch, Gertrude in the batch. I hadn't noticed before because everyone was quite a bit smaller. Now, I can tell at this size, I can easily tell Gertrude from Ivan Safai, even the females. So if you order Ivan Safai from me now, I can make sure you get them. But anyone that got Ivan Safai from me earlier when they were still small, I didn't know that there were Gertrude in there. That must have happened from the supplier. They must have been a mix up or some happened to be in that tank or something. So I didn't know they were in there. And at that size, I couldn't, I didn't know to look for them. So if you got Ivan Safai from me and they were small and as they're growing up, you're like, wait a minute, that one's got spots on it. Um, and they actually are Gertrude. Would you let me know? Because I'd happily replace them with true Ivan Safai. And I'm sorry that happened. I just had no idea until earlier this week. So uh, Victoria Artist, thanks for uh, mentioning Luminatus and sparking that in my head. I'd meant to talk about that. Swamp Thing! I never bred Corys, but would like to breed those Venezuelan Corys I got from you in January. They don't seem interested yet. Too small? Yeah, I think they're too small still. How much longer till they're ready to go? Um, don't know how much longer, but size-wise, because it's more about size than age, and growth rate depends on how much food they get and how clean the water is. Uh, but I would say... You know, they get about the size of Aeneas, so they get a good-sized fish. I would say they're going to have to almost become double in size before they're going to breed, be my guess. They might breed a little before that, but they'll be very small spawns, and they might not be fertile. But um, I would say they need to become, yeah, they need to to double their size before they'll breed is my guess. Um, everyone else that's got those quarries from me recently, what do you think? That's just my kind of off the cuff guess, but what do you think? Because they're, they're about the same size. Around what, around an inch? So I'd say they need to be inch and a half, inch and three quarters before you're gonna see much spawning activity. I mean, maybe two inch, no, inch and a half they'll breed. Alex Aquatic Animals, I have a pearl scale angelfish and I want to give her a good life because her partner died, oh, and is depressed, what should I do? Um, well, I honestly think that angelfish can live by themselves without any issue. I. I mean, I don't know. I can't actually be in the mind of an angelfish, but there are fish that I, I've seen a single angelfish in a tank lots of times, and I've never seen them exhibiting any behavior that made me think that they were unhappy. So um, I think sometimes we tend to, uh, I don't know, humanize fish and, and say like, hey, if my partner died, I would be depressed and imagine that they are too. And, and, you know, it might take her a few days to adjust, but I'm not sure if she actually is long-term going to have any loneliness issues being by herself. Now, I can't know that for sure, but just from observing behavior and things of, of angelfish kept by themselves, um, I've never seen anything that set off alarms for me. 
And, and part of why I say that is I think it's less risky to keep uh, her by herself than try to introduce another male to her that could just absolutely thrash her. So, you know, you could get a male and you could introduce them, but just be aware that doesn't always work out. So you need to observe them carefully and have a pl plan B ready in case things go south. So, yeah. Okay, I'm scrolling because, uh, yeah. All right. And, and Alex, I, I appreciate you being active and I appreciate you asking a lot of questions. I'm probably going to skip the next several from you. And it's not because I don't appreciate it. It's just that I want to make sure that other people have a chance as well. Um, and that, that's not a shame on you or anything like that. I'm, I'm glad you're excited. I'm glad you're active and asking. But I want to make sure everyone gets a chance because I know I won't be able to get to all the questions and comments before the stream is over. I never do. S. Shrestha. I did it. Mm, nailed it. I don't know if you remember about Pictus catfish in a Mabuna tank question. I do. That I asked you and you said it should be okay. Well, it was a no-go. Both dead. Lesson learned. Adding a red tail shark. Well, I'm sorry that happened. I'm trying to figure though, was it because they fought and things or was it because one of them had a pathogen. Like if they both died, it, it, I, this, this does happen sometimes. No matter how long a fish is quarantined or whatever, ever, if you take two fish that have been happily living in two separate tanks for an entire year, and you take one from a tank and put it in the other tank, there's always a small chance that you could introduce something and they both can die. I have seen this happen. Um, so I wonder what caused that. Was it an incompatibility issue or was there some kind of, you know, pathogen that one had and was okay with, but you put them together and now you create an unstable situation. Um, but either way, I'm real sorry that happened. And I hope that the red tail shark does well for you. Atkins Nature Aquariums, loving the tiger barbs and the golden wonder killifish. Thanks again. All doing great and super healthy. I'm so glad you got those. Um, yeah, wild tiger barbs. I was excited about them and I'm glad that you were too. I'm glad they're doing well. Courtney Johnson, I have horrible hard well water that's been testing. Oh, this is not good. 0.25 ammonia out of the tap. I'm sorry, Courtney. That is no bueno. I ordered an RO system today. Should I slowly introduce the RO water? Yeah, definitely. You don't want to shock the system. Um, I'm trying to figure that out. I've, I've never had to deal with ammonia out of the tap, so I've never researched kind of pre-filtration things that you could do to clear it before it hits your tank. Um, RO can help. You don't want to do pure RO almost ever though you want to cut it with some some something else so it has some hardness in it i was trying to figure is there something you can do like some kind of house filter cartridge type thing you could put in your line so it removes the ammonia do they have those full of zeolite or anything like that again it's not an issue i've ever dealt with so i, I don't know but if there is something like that that might be something that is a lot easier to use than trying to 
keep an RO system um, going at, at a high enough level to sustain a system, an aquarium system. But yeah, definitely don't put all RO kind of ever. You always want to have some minerals in there. Rico Stan, just wanted to say thanks for letting me interview you. It was a lot of fun getting to know more about you. Hey, it was great to hang out, Rico Stan. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad it could happen. It just so happened that my brother's in town this week, so I had some help, so I was able to free up some time. Um, and it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Kayla's Aquatics throwing down $9.99. And Dave's Aquarium Thoughts throwing down $0.99. Cents. Gentlemen, thanks so much for the super chats. Always appreciated. Never required. But every bit helps, and I appreciate you both. Bunny Viper, thank you very much. I sincerely appreciate you. We all do. Right back at you, Bunny Viper. Max, what's tough in diagnosing which disease a fish has? So tough. Lost a few CPDs to either tuberculosis or neon tetra disease. Or I would add to that, it could have been a lot of other things. Like if a veterinarian didn't run diagnostics and a uh, a a lab tech didn't actually isolate the organism. Um, it could have been those, or it could have been many other things. Polyguard, which has nitrofurazone and sulfas, appears to have cured them. Awesome. Awesome. Good. I'm glad that you found something that worked. But I just, and this isn't something directed at you, Max, but in general, the truth is we almost never know what's wrong with the fish. It really does, unless it's something simple like ick or something that we're familiar with, unless it's diagnosed by someone with the equipment and expertise to do it, um, and it usually takes a microscope or a stain or a histology or something, um, then we're just guessing. We we can't tell, in almost every case, just by looking at the fish, we can't tell what's wrong with it. Um, Even it can fool us. There are over 20 pathogens that cause white spots on fish. You know, luckily, a lot of them are susceptible to um, formalin and malachite green and things. And so even though we're treating for ick, we we are able to treat lots of things. But there are viruses that cause ick-like symptoms. There, there are lots of other things as well. So it's it's tricky. It's really tricky. But I'm glad that you found something and I'm glad that it worked. Bunny Viper, Rice crispy Worm Treat, Snap, Crackle, Pop. Yep, indeed. Rice crispy Cereal. It's great for that. I used to use it to culture um, fruit flies as well. It works pretty well. The Rapashi Superfly works a little better, so I did switch. But I did that for years with uh, Rice Krispies. Well, whatever cheap knockoff I could get in a bulk bag from Walmart. Let's be real. <laughs> Goyo V. I have golden white clouds. Awesome. Oh, and they have tiny black specks forming along their bodies. Maybe not so awesome. They're becoming very thin despite still eating and have lost three already. Is this an internal parasite? Again, don't know just by looking at the fish, but if I saw a fish and had a bunch of tiny black spots on it, um, my mind would start thinking velvet, which is an external parasite. Unfortunately, it's pretty difficult to treat. I don't know if you have velvet, but if you did... The only thing I've found that really works is uh, copper, some kind of chelated copper. And you want to do it in a separate aquarium that's a bare glass tank, maybe some like PVC pipe bits in there or synthetic yarn kind of mop in there, but nothing organic because um, copper kind of, you know, 
not much can live in copper. It, it just destroys your filter and your bacteria and your ecosystem. So separate hospital tank, if you have velvet, and I'm not saying you do, but that's the first thing that would pop in my mind is, Ooh, is that what that is? And I dig in deeper. Um, but again, there's lots of things that could cause issues like that. And I'm not sure which one it would be. Shaving fish. I've used your microworm method since your video came out so much better than gaggy oatmeal smell. Yeah. I'm glad it's worked for you, but that's the thing. You get the consistency right and the smell is much less and they last longer before they kind of go rancid and turn watery on you and stuff. So I'm glad it works, Chevy Fish. I'm glad you're using it successfully. Audrey Sampson, are those redfin ball of sharks on the website a schooling fish? Are they semi-aggressive? So um, even though they're called redfin ball of sharks, that's a common name. They're, the scientific name is completely different. They're not very closely related to ball of sharks at all. They're more closely related to like denison barbs. So I, I would say that they're more like denison barbs than ball of sharks. So no, they're not aggressive. I've had them with rainbow fish. I have them with um, some, some young severums right now. I've never seen them go after anything or bother anything. So I mean, if there's a tiny fish and they can easily slurp it up, of course they will, but no, they're a peaceful community fish. So I would equate them to uh, like a roseline barb. If a roseline barb would do well, they probably will too. Although I think they get a little bigger than a roseline barb, but not huge, not like a ball of shark. Heather Body Smith. Hi, what is the best starter shrimp and any other advice about keeping shrimp? So I would say the best starter shrimp are probably your Caradina species. Um, generally, I would say cherry shrimp just because they're not very expensive. So if you do have a problem, um, you know, you're not, <laughs> you can learn with the, the less expensive variety and they tend to be very hardy. Now, different strains of fish have different things depending on how inbred they are to set traits and all that stuff. But it's hard to go wrong with cherry shrimp. That would be my suggestion. Okay, Rockford Fishkeeping. It feels so funny doing go, Brian, go. It should be go, Cubs, go. <laughs> All righty. Just got to Victoria Artis's uh, super chat. So huh, how far behind does that make me? <laughs> 256 folks are here. Hey, guys, I appreciate you all being here. Thanks so much for joining us today. Peeps lost sheep. Are you familiar? Oh, no, I'm not. Ricoyo Carpos Natans. Let's look at this. I, not from the scientific name. Let's see if I recognize the picture. Okay, let's let's take a little adventure together to Google Land. See what this is. Oh, it's a plant. Nope. I have seen it. I believe. I believe I've seen it, but I know nothing about it. I'm sorry. In fact, when it comes to plants in general, I'm not your guy. I just don't know enough to be helpful. So, however, there are a lot of folks here that do know plants really well. So if you're one of those, if you would chime in at Peeps Lost Sheep and help with this question um, about... <laughs> Ricciocarpos natans, I think. Kids with fins, what a great username. Always working during your streams. Thank you for making the cleaning of a dozen tanks 
or it doesn't sink, sorry. I thought it stinks. Sink's not as fun. 15 toilets and urinals, somehow very enjoyable. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm glad I could help you get through your day. No worries at all. Make sure we're a little more centered on the camera there. Okay. Hang on. Apostle Taro, the question should be, how many 10-gallon tanks can you keep in a common pleco? <laughs> yes. Touche. Okay. Tanya Mayfield Barnes, what fresh vegetables can you put in for bristles, plecos, albino quarries, pygmy quarries, and snails? Um, the first thing I'll say is I'm not sure how much your quarries are actually going to eat vegetables. Um but your plecos and snails definitely will. So my favorite is, oh, do I have one I can show you? Is kind of zucchini or yellow squash, which is, you know, the same thing, just yellow skin pretty much with a little crooked neck. Um, so what I like to do is I take that and I used to blanch it, but I don't, I found I don't need to do that anymore. So what I do is I take it and I cut it in half long, long wise. So I expose the, the belly of the fruit, right? And then I cut off however big of a piece I need. And then I take a fork and I just scour it a little on the skin side and on the kind of belly side, the exposed side, just a little bit. And I find that doing that breaks it up enough that those plecos and snails can get right in there and, and really dig in. So that's my favorite, but there's so many that you can. I mean, don't do anything odd. Don't, don't do like onions or garlic or avocado or something. But, but I mean, nothing that's like noxious or what I guess is the word. <laughs> but most things you can, you can put in. I like pumpkin as well. Like every Halloween, I take the jack-o'-lanterns after Halloween's done and I cut them into cute. Sorry. Whew, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call a human moment. Um, <laughs> I cut them into cubes and stuff and put them in the freezer. And when I need them, I take them out, stick them with a fork and sink them into the tank. And that's how I get the uh, squash to sink as well, because it usually floats unless you boil it, is I just stick a fork in it and drop it all in the tank. Stainless steel works great. As Shrestha. To just one more fish with Josh and myself. Those Rapashi worked out great. Awesome. Thank you, Dance Fish, for passing out his info. Cheers, guys. Awesome. I'm glad that you like the Rapashi. It's good stuff. Oh, that's something I should say. It's not a vegetable or anything, but if you're not feeding your Plecos Rapashi, um, then not a bad thing to explore either. Rockford Fishkeeping. 1.25 out of the tap. Don't even drink or cook with that. Oh, the ammonia knows 0.25. So uh, 0.25, but still, that's, that's, not, that's not good. Mitchell Broom, good to see you. One of the better Forshi pairs is holding now. I'm having really good luck with spawning assorted species I'm getting from you. Awesome. I actually saw that picture, and I don't think you'll mind if I share it. Um, so here's Mitchell's better Forshi. Look at that male, mouth full of eggs. Ah, that was so cool to see that. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that with me, Mitchell. It made my day. So what's that? Reticu Pseudomugo reticulatus and Betaforshi. Those are the two I remember. Um, keep going. That's exciting. 
Okay. Blake Adams, what do you recommend for quarantine with puffers when it comes to salt? I watched a video but wanted to make sure what's worked well for you. So my go-to is five grams of, of salt per liter of water is, is how it works. So five, five parts per thousand, I believe is that what that works out to. Um, and you could go as high as eight per thousand or eight grams per liter of water according to the aquarium vet con- conference that I attended, five to eight grams per liter is fine. I go with five just because then if I accidentally put in a little too much, I've got a little buffer area, right? So um, that's what I'd recommend because that's what the veterinarians have told me. And also it's what I use, you know, for I, I've used it for a long time for quarantine and it works well, especially just to help them de-stress after shipment. Breezy, that was a great stream at Rico stand. Yeah, I had fun. I had fun with Rico. Put a little more mascara on. Leslie's Aquatics. I have bristlenose pleco eggs that were kicked out of the cave. Should I put them in an egg tumbler or would that be too much? Oh, no, an egg tumbler is just fine. Um, you know, you can adjust the amount of tumble <laughs> just to make sure it's a nice steady flow, but that they aren't like getting popped against the top of the tumbler and you'll be just fine. Yeah. Plecos and high water flow go together like peas and carrots. Yep. Justin Powers. I'm cycling a 37 gallon. I have a single angel fish to go into it and would like to add a single male apisto. Any other tank mates you'd suggest? Will the angel and apisto be okay together? The angel and apisto might be okay together. Um, that could be tricky if either one of those uh goes a little aggro you could have an issue if it's all set up and decorated and planted lots of caves and stuff probably less of an issue but if you have a single male angelfish and he starts feeling angry yeah could be a problem i would say in general when i'm picking take mates for angelfish. I want them to be fairly large, fairly quick and fairly robust. So think of like Congo tetras or, or maybe a rainbow fish or some of the giant Daniels, something like that. Because with a single angelfish, sometimes you can have issues. And I'm not saying you're going to, could be so peaceful, never have a problem, especially if it's a female, although occasionally they can go aggro as well. But um, so I would say you got a 50-50 shot of that working and I'd have a plan B ready would be my my gut reaction. You know, never ran all the statistics on it or anything, but don't have data, but just my gut reaction. Connie Wooly, any experience breeding discus? Mine bred, the babies are now three weeks old and eating their own, but still grazing a little off the parents. I'm, I don't have much discus breeding experience at all, so um, I'm not going to be able to help you out too much. However, I do know that um, some folks in this chat have bred and raised discus. So if you would not mind reaching out to Connie and letting her know your experience, but congratulations for getting them off the parent slime coat pretty much. That's great. That's probably the hardest part from what I have observed, but yeah, have kept a lot of discus, uh, brought in a lot of discus, but not really bred and raised much. Joe coffee. What are those orange and yellow fish swimming behind you? (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like I'm trolling myself with these fish. <laughs> in case that's a real question or in case someone else has it, these are gold denison barbs or gold rose line barbs. And yes, I'm trying very hard to get more in. I expected a whole bunch on Tuesday. They still haven't arrived. They tell me they'll be here tomorrow. We'll see. I don't have control over that. Ah, some parts of being a fishmonger, they drive me nuts. And one is trying to deal with importers sometimes. Um, all right. Whoa, chat. Did that just jump majorly? I think it did. Or not. Nope. Oh, wait, wait, hang on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, Kids Aquatics posting my store info and... I have reached the bottom, folks. I'm sure that's only because chat jumped a ton and a lot of you got cut off. And I'm sorry about that. Please feel free to repost your question or comment if I did not get to it because I've reached the bottom. And if I didn't get you, I just accidentally missed it when chat jumped. But I would just like to note for history and posterity that I am now staring at the bottom of the chat. <laughs> we done did it. Cheers. <laughs> Days Aquarium Thoughts, you need a big sign there when you stream. Yes. Gold, denizen, barbs. Don't have any for sale. Trying to get some. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Buddy Viper, sorry, last one. Can angels and denizen barbs live together? Sure, absolutely. I've kept uh, angels with these denizens. Not these. Yeah, with Fu Manchu, but with denizens quite a bit and they do great together raised together from juvies or thanks so much yeah even as adults you can put them together generally sure um denison barbs are quick enough and robust enough and things that as long as you don't have like a big old angel and tiny little denisons you'll probably be just fine and I'm not trying to, I don't want to give the impression that I think that all angel fish or killers are in a thing they're, they're, for, for a cichlid they're darn peaceful but like a male Episto and a male angel in a tank together alone, I, I could just see the possibility of some issues there. Maybe there wouldn't be though. You know, I, I, I've never tried it. I'll say that. But Denison Barbs and Angels, that seems like a match made in heaven to me. Danny Weshi, I successfully got the bumblebee gobies eating extreme nano pellets after just a few days. I'm in love with these little fish. Yeah, I will. I love that they'll do that too. It makes them so much easier to keep. Now, they still do like their baby brine shrimp and their black worms and their frozen blood worms and brine shrimp and stuff. So, you know, it's, it's nice to give them a treat every now and then. But yeah, it can be hard to get those guys on, on pellets and flakes. Adele Parkinson, you're in top chat now, not live chat. That's why it jumped. So Adele, I beg to differ. Um, what you're seeing is that I'm in live chat. But what I'm seeing, can I show it to you? Can you see that? You probably can't see it. I'm actually in live chat um, on my end. So I don't know why it does this. Oh yeah, here it says I'm in top chat, but what I'm seeing here is live chat. So I don't know why it shows you guys that I'm in top chat when I'm really not, but, uh, but thanks for bringing that to my attention because if I wasn't, I would want to switch. <laughs> Rico Stan, I was here when it happened. I think that's now a private joke between Rico and I. <laughs> There's my karaoke. 
<laughs> anyway, I'll move on because most of you won't get that. Um, Goose Not Maverick, that's a record for sure. Yep, getting to the bottom of the chat. We done did it. Dragon Layer, any dwarf cichlids in the African order? Yeah, a few. Um, some Hemichromis, some Pelvicochromis, um, maybe one or two others that I'm not remembering. But not a lot, unfortunately. So, yeah, there's there's some other suppliers with in Africa that have a lot of neat kind of West African species that I do hope to order from. But that's probably not going to happen until the warehouse is, is up and going. And I have a little buffer because I haven't ordered from that supplier before. And... Uh, Whenever you bring on a new supplier, it's risky. They could be wonderful. They could take your money and run, or they could take your money and ship to you and just do a horrible job. Like, so I don't want to take that risk until the big warehouse is up and going and everything's kind of stabilized and we have the ability to take that hit in case it doesn't work out. But, but they are on my list. I've actually already got the order ready and everything so that when I can do it, um, I can just email it over because I'm excited about it. T-Shot, tell me about those red fin ballast sharks. Anyway, they can go into 55 planted community tanks. So let me look again. Um, red fin ballast shark. This is my first time keeping them. So I'm pretty new to them. Um, I'm trying to see where I can find just a moment here. I'll be all yours shortly, but I'm trying to find, uh, look them up at a reliable site like Seriously Fish where I can see if I can find an accurate size for them. I remember they got a little bigger. Here we go. So this is Seriously Fish, which is a great website. If you haven't, if you don't know about it, not every species, but a majority of species in the aquarium, you can find good, reliable information here. Now, it's not always perfect, but it is kind of like peer-reviewed, so it, at least it's more perfect than just places with no review, I guess I'll, I'll say that. So, 20 centimeters, so what's that in inches? 20 C, oops, 20 cm, 2 inches. So, they're going to get a seven to eight inches it looks like so switch back here there i am so the question was what would they do five well in a 55 gallon community planted tank i think it would be better if you had a tank that was deeper front to back just so they could turn around easier but they're not a big fat fish or anything and they're active but they aren't like super rapid swimmers or anything like that. I don't know. I think that that would be like a bottom threshold tee shot um, in, 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 in bigger might be better. But again, my first time with them, but I think you could do them in 55. Never kept full grown ones though. So I'm not quite sure. Maybe at that, maybe at that, like when they get bigger, maybe they're more active and need more space. I don't know. <laughs> orange cones the world will now end you have oh it ended for a second there you have reached the bottom of the chat i know i know it happened it really really happened em threw down a super chat thank you so much em um 
it's not letting me scroll down enough to actually see the amount or anything. So just give me a minute and hopefully I'll find it here. I'm trying to find it so I can thank you. There it is. Yeah, I'm throwing down two, is it dollars Canadian pounds? I don't, I honestly don't know. That's how ignorant I am of anything besides fish. Um, hashtag Lurker Nation. You know it. Hail the Lurker Nation. Congrats on bottom of the chat. Hey, <laughs> thank you so much. Cheers. <laughs> mm. We're at 811. All right. Got about 18 more minutes because now it's 812. Here we go. Let me scroll back up. And finding where we were before I went to hunt down the super chat because I felt bad that it wouldn't let me read it. Getting there, getting there. T shot orange cones. Swamp Thing, favorite fish movie. I really, really like uh, the National Geographic uh, special about Lake Tanganyika that James Earl Jones narrates. I like that one a lot. I still have not watched the, the new one the Aquarium Co-op um, helped fund. I, I got the thing for it. I just haven't found the time to watch it. Um, but I'm hoping that'll be my new favorite. I, the one about the fish industry and the chain of supply and all that. I'm hoping that that'll be my new favorite, but I have not had a moment to watch that one. But that Lake Tanganyika one, I mean, first of all, who couldn't just sit and listen to James Earl Jones talk for like hours at a time? And then you've got these beautiful uh, shots of Lake Tanganyika and the cichlids in their natural habitat and all that. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Rockford Fishkeeping. What are the silver and black fish? Those would be... Um, Burmese clouded archer fish. So they're one of the few archer fish species that lives in pure fresh water in nature. So they don't need to be kept in brackish water. And that's why I love them because I love archer fish, but I don't like keeping brackish water tanks. Um, yeah, just measuring salt ain't my thing. S. Shretha. Shretha. <laughs> Those German rams. They just don't want to eat any flakes. What do you recommend? Even no-go Rapashi community. Huh. Um, I wonder if they're just real nervous still in their new home. They really, really go crazy for like extreme nano pellets. They really like algae wafers. They like sinking carnivore pellets. Um, they like frozen bloodworms. They like brine shrimp. If they're not eating the flakes for you, or the Rapashi, then um, I think their favorite are probably small little pellets of like processed foods. That's what they would really attack. So maybe give that a try. I can't remember when I sent them to you, but it can take them in a new tank a, a little time to settle in as well. Sean OOTD, that's the equivalent of winning a foot race when all the other com competitors tripped halfway. Oh, I can't. I'm so far behind, Sean, that I don't. Actually, I'm not that far behind. Hang on. It's winning a foot race. 
Oh, me hitting the bottom of the chat after it jumped hugely. Hey, I'll take the win, man. It never happened, so I'm taking it. <laughs> Kyle's Aquarium Metrics. On your website, the wild politicolas say reverse trio. What does that mean? How do they compare with the politicolas you got in previously? So it means that there's two males per female. I'm male heavy on that batch. So a trio is, is two females to a male. This is two males to a single female. And actually, this is the best batch I've ever got in. They're big. They're fully colored. They're robust. The ones I got in before, the first time, I didn't know this because it was my first time with them, but after getting this batch in, those are pretty small. Um, these are these are bigger and kind of more robust. So I like them. I think they're. I think I think they should be called like there is a common name. I think it should be like lemon blue eye, because the color on them is like a a light lemon color, and then they have that uh, metallic iridescence on the body as well, like a steel or a blue. So they look really nice. Priscilla MK, can I sponsor a giveaway for one of your streams? Absolutely, Priscilla. Um, just send me an email, Dan at Dan's Fish. Let me know what you would like to do, and we'll take it from there. But sure, Priscilla, I'd be flattered. And just a quick plug for Priscilla. For those that don't know, she does, I'm sure most people in here know, but if you don't, she's an artist, and she does these amazing, amazing pieces of art with fish. So, um, I don't know my mediums well enough or the drawings or watercolors. I'm not quite sure, but there's some arapaima that, you know, I never thought I'd want some arapaima art. And then I saw hers and I was like, dude, I would hang that on my wall. Absolutely. <laughs> I like that one a lot, actually. Um, some neat, uh, bettas, some CPDs, some shrimp, just really nice stuff. In fact, well, it'll take a little while to, to get over there. I'd show you guys, but do a Google search for Priscilla MK and artwork and, and you'll see some of her stuff. Okay, hang on. We got some jumpity jump happening. So let me scroll up. Well, actually, Priscilla, just because let's do this. So here's Priscilla's website. She's too good not to show this off. And by the way, Punchy Paints does amazing artwork as well. So um, Punchy, are you live streaming next? She often gives away some artwork in her live streams. So here's Priscilla's website. Just to give you a taste. Some cool stuff. Oh, look at that. Anyway, I like this stuff a lot. Where's that? That Arapaima might not be on here. Oh, yeah, I like this guy a lot. Let's see. Where's that Arapaima? Oh, you got a run of gobies. I hadn't seen this guy before. Anyway, you get the idea, right? Really cool stuff. So Priscilla and Pam, or Punchy Paints, both two incredible artists that I'm happy to call friends. Okay, here we are. Almost. Uh, is it eerie or iry? I can go with iry like an eagle's nest. <laughs> Lacardus, will you carry pygmy quarries? 
They were supposed to arrive Tuesday, so I'm hoping to carry more pygmy quarries. I just barely sold out, and I love them. I think they're amazing. So I wanted to get more Tuesday. Um, hopefully, they'll come tomorrow. But but yes, I mean, if they arrive, so we'll see. But yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Orange cones, I'm going to send you a coffee or tea mug that has, I've reached the bottom of the chat on the bottom of the mug. Yes. <laughs> Yes, or just the bottom. <laughs> Heather Body Smith, how many gallons is the tank behind you? That's 125 gallon. Yeah, six foot by like 18 inches from front to back, and I don't know, maybe two feet tall, something like that. 125 gallons, and I love it. It's so much fun. You can do so much in a tank that size, but it's not so massive that it takes over your entire, you know. I don't know, bedroom or living room or whatever. Shiva Matimbas, do you know the sex on the six Gertrude uh, blue eyes that you have in stock? I don't. Um, if I remember right, uh, there's definitely some males and I believe there are some females as well. So um, I should be able to get you some of both. I just don't remember. I've, I've sold several and so in fact, I thought I was out. It wasn't until I caught the um, uh, Ivan Safai that I was like, hey, there's some Gertrude in here. So I saw there were at least six, and so I posted them. But I didn't really look to see the sex. But there were certainly a few males in there, and I believe at least one female. Because I caught it. That's what. That's what. how I noticed. I caught, a, caught some of them, and I was selecting them to ship and I picked up one female. I look, I was about to put it in the bag and I looked at it and I was like, wait a minute. And I looked at the rest of them carefully. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> Merrick Tomshik. Hi, Dance Fish. Great stream. Thank you. Can angelfish still learn parenting even after they ate their spawn nine times in a row? <laughs> angelfish are like people. There are some that just never get it. <laughs> the last three were a dedicated tank with privacy cardboard. How else can I help them? I don't know. Um, maybe they will. Maybe they won't, Merrick. There's no, there's no hard and fast rules in uh, in love and war, right? So I wish I could tell you, yeah, on the 10th, they always get it. But man, nine times. <laughs> man. They've had a lot of tries. Lunatic Fringe. Actually, it was not him. It was the captain of Deep Space Nine, Aviary Brooks. Whoa, no way. I just heard a deep rumbly of voice and imagined it was James Earl Jones. Jewels of the... Now I have to know. I mean, I believe you, but, but I can't believe it. Earl Jones narrator? I, I kind of feel bad for mixing them up if that's true. Um, what is that on IMDb? Let's see if I can find it on IMDb. No, Trip in the Rift. <laughs> Jewels of the Nile. Or the Jewel of the Nile. Well, of course, that's a classic. Oh, man. Who did you say it was? Avery Brooks. Avery Brooks. Well, I will have to look that up later. I feel bad if I got that wrong. 
Jerry Circle Morris, how long should I let my plants grow in into allow rocks to take hold before adding banjo cats and bristlenose plecos? Oh, I see. Um, well, my experience, they're going into rocks, right? Let's see here. Let my plants grow in. If it's gravel, I don't think it would take too long. If it's sand, it might take a little longer. So bristlenose aren't big diggers necessarily, I wouldn't say. Bandos will bury themselves. Um, mm, I don't know. Is there a plant nerd that could answer that question? I feel like I would give Jerry bad information because I'd just kind of be guessing. I'm just, I just don't know that much about plants. Papa Shrimp Aquatics. The rams I got are doing great and loving their new home. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Are yours eating um, okay? It, it sounds like uh, someone else's were, were not eating well yet. So let's, hoping that yours are eating. And uh, if so, what's their favorite? Okay. All right. Six minutes. We can do it. Hang on. <laughs> Chad jumped again. As it is wont to do. So, Punchy Paints, did are you going next? Let me see. See if she answered. Okay, Punchy Paints is live streaming tonight after me. So, in she goes usually about half an hour or so after I end. So around nine o'clock mountain time, 11 Eastern. So um, often she'll show you what she's working on and things. It's kind of neat to see. So if you want some more art. Shiva Metzenbot says, thank you. Hey, you are, you are most, most welcome. All right, we did it again. We reached the bottom. Let's, in celebration of that, let's go ahead and do the giveaway now. Hang on. But why is the rum gone? My favorite line from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> why is the rum gone? Um, all right, let's do the giveaway. So this is for a $50 gift certificate to Dan's Fish, provided by... Brian of Peplin Creeks. Here is Peplin Creek Aquatics um, YouTube channel. So thanks, Brian, for providing the giveaway. And so let's go ahead and do it. The hashtag was bro, go, was bro Brian. <laughs> go Brian, go to thank Brian for his generosity. And the winner is Courtney Johnson. Courtney Johnson, you have won a $50 gift certificate to Dan's Fish provided by Peplin Creek Aquatics. Congratulations. Um, you've got about a minute and a half to respond. Let us know you're here. And then, oh, you're here. Really sweet, she says. Yep, you won. So send me an email, dan at dansfish.com. And I will get you in touch with Peplin Creek uh, Aquatics and we'll get that gift certificate to you. So congratulations. Thanks for playing. And uh, yeah, happy Wednesday. Who knew Wednesdays could be so lucky? <laughs> All right. Okay. Hey, we might. Lunatic Fringe, the link says on a cichlid site, 
been one of our favorite documentaries on the cichlid fishes and other critters in Lake Tanganyika, Jewel of the Wrist, narrated by Avery Brooks. Oh, man, I feel a little bad. I just heard a deep, rumbly voice and thought, hey, there's Darth Vader. Wait, James Earl Jones did do Darth Vader, right? I didn't get that wrong, too, did I? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I should just stop. I'm going to dig my hole deeper. All right. So thanks for playing. I think we're going to cut it there, everybody, because we've reached the bottom of the chat and we've done the giveaway. And um, yeah, we can go. We can take a little take take work off a little early tonight. Enjoy our three minutes. Last one. And then we'll do that. Deb Hall D. What do you feed your archer fish? They are not picky. I feed them flakes. I feed them pellets. I feed them just everything, really. Um, They'll eat until it gets about – they like to eat right on the surface. These ones have learned to go down a bit. So they'll actually come down six to eight inches and feed on food that's falling. But um, So what am I feeding them like right now? So I have several foods that I rotate through. They love Viber Bites. They like um, Extreme Krill Flakes. They like Zoomed Spirulina Flakes. They will even eat the Zoomed nano pellets, Zoomed, sorry, uh, extreme nano pellets. I sometimes put that in there, uh, but it's small enough. They'll, they'll eat it. They don't get a ton, though. Sometimes I'll give them um, Hikari sinking carnivore pellets, but the small ones, I don't want them to choke. Um, what else do they like? I'm trying to run through Oh, blackworm pellets. And then they get a mix of frozen and live and things like that, too. And if we ever find a bug around the house, it just goes in there and they'll eat it. So, yeah. All right. With that, we're going to call it. Thanks for being here, everybody. First off, thanks to my mods. I appreciate what you do every week. Uh, One of my mods, Punchy Paints, is going to go live in about half an hour. So check that out. Thanks, everyone, everybody that left a super chat. It's always appreciated. It's never required, but... Every little bit helps. So sincerely, since sincerely, <laughs> it's almost as if this was rum. So sincerely, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Everyone that asked questions and, and left comments, thanks for participating. If I missed yours, if chat jumped and I just never saw it or something, I apologize. I never do that on purpose. Everybody that's lurking, hail the Lurker Nation. If you're watching this on a replay, I hope one day we can be together live. But until then... I get it. Life is busy. With that, have a good night, everybody. I'll see you next Wednesday. Same bat time, same bat channel. Bye-bye.